Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming to you out of SideQuest Studios, this is The Simpsons Index, episode 208. Hello out there, I'm your host, Elliot J. O'Neill, and joining me here as always, except when he's not, is BT Calloway. It's it's early, Elliot, what are you doing? <laughs> well, it's early for some of us, but not for others, because <laughs> joining us all the way from Los Angeles in the afternoon is Adam Tinius from Entertain the Elk. Hey! Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Absolutely, and thank you for joining us for The Simpsons Index. And of course, this is a podcast where we watch and review uh, three episodes of The Simpsons at a time, but there's a twist. (laughs) Each episode must come from a different decade. But we're doing it a little differently uh, today. We're only doing two, and this is actually a preview for the future, but more on that later. But for now, Adam, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh my gosh, it's a a pleasure. I love The Simpsons and have such rare opportunities to talk and gush about it uh, as much as I do. So I'm, I'm going to take this opportunity to do just that. Yeah, well, I first came to be aware of you from your The Day the Simpsons Died videos, and of mm. course, uh, uh, many of you The Day the Blank Died. Um, so normally we ask our first-time guests, you know, where did you leave the show? I'm guessing it's not the same point that you say The Simpsons Died in your video. No. So yeah, in my video, I said that, and again, the the idea of that series is that it comes from a place of love. Like you love the Mm. show so much, but you definitely see the dip in quality and the downward trajectory. And I think I said that that was uh, the principal and the popper. I think that was season, at the beginning of season nine, I think. Yep. And I was, because I thought you might ask me this question. I, I was looking through IMDb last night and looking at like what kind of, where did I stop watching the simpsons and i mm. think i was in high school and i think it was about mi- in the middle of like season 13 yeah I think, that's pretty common where i just asked myself why am i watching this show still <laughs> uh is there something better i could be doing with my time and uh mm. there was there was other stuff to watch <laughs> but, yep. so yeah it's about season 13 so yeah so jumping to season 31 like i think we watched for <laughs> one of these episodes was yep, uh yep. was very very weird and very surreal I think that was a lyric in an Offspring song. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, on that as well, you know, I usually ask that question second, and what I usually ask first is, where did the show begin with you? Do you remember uh, where it started for you? I don't remember the exact moment. I was born in the mid-'80s, and so as long as like I can remember, like The Simpsons has just always been on mm-hmm. in my house. I remember it coming on like Sunday nights on Fox, and it would come on, I think, with like Married with Children, <laughs> another show that I probably shouldn't have been watching when I was a kid. <laughs> I think I yeah. had to like sneak <laughs> yeah. around, sneak around that show. But, but yeah, The Simpsons. I don't remember the jump between like things like Ninja Turtles to like The mm. Simpsons. Yeah, but I think it was just animated, and they had so many reruns on at the time. I think after school, yep. it would come on like the WB or things like that, and I would just watch it when I got home, and. I'm sure it's one of those things, I'm sure a lot of people have said this, that when you're a kid, you watch it from like a certain kind of lens and mm-hmm. it's like wacky and it's animated and it's fun that way. And then you watch it when you get older and you can kind of like a lot of good pieces of like literature or movies or, or, or whatnot. You can enjoy it in different facets as you get older and come at it from different angles. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, mean, I remember watching it since I was a kid. I don't remember the exact time, but yeah, I remember watching, yeah, basically from the beginning. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, when did it premiere? In 89? Or 91? Yeah, something around there. Yeah, December so, of 89. So yeah. by one episode. So because of that one Christmas special, it gets to be an 80s show. But <laughs> exactly. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, maybe as long as I can remember, I've been watching The Simpsons. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. so you said you sort of dropped off around season 13. Have you sort of, out of curiosity, like gone back and checked out any newer seasons from uh, the 20s or now the 30s? I think I, when I did my The Day the Simpsons Died video, I just wanted to do a little bit more research about what had happened in the decades since I basically stopped watching it. And so I kind of played like this IMDB game where I just kind of look at the ratings and I'm like, is anything above like an eight? Is anything above an eight, maybe? Yeah. And so I saw like one or two episodes. There was like um, uh, Bart Hood, I think, when he's like mm-hmm. growing up. And then there was yeah. another one where like someone's getting married in some place. I can't remember if there's another one. I don't know if you guys might know it. Another one's kind of like universally kind of liked, even mm. in the later years. I'm blanking on it right now. Yeah, uh, not coming to mind, but Bart Hood, we quite enjoyed, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Bart Hood was good. Yeah, and I watched that, and I'm like, man, why can't they just have, like, the balls to just jump to that timeline? I mm-hmm. think I might be interested to watch The Simpsons again if they would just jump, like, 10 years in the future when they're yeah. just older and going through different stuff. Yeah, I just can't watch Bart go through, like problems of being a fourth grader or whatever he is anymore it's like there was so much more i felt like what was lacking of the newer episodes and granted i'm not as well versed certainly not as well versed as you guys are in the in the newer episodes but they just lack so much like heart and sentimentality mm-hmm. that a lot of the older episodes had and bart hood seemed to like have it and it felt like a quieter kind of more somber show i was like man i want to watch that show i yeah. feel like as an adult i want to watch that show and I mean, obviously they're not going to do that, but I feel no. like that was a good episode. And yeah. it'd be a bold and pretty, I mean, I'd be interested to see a move where they just say, okay, we're going to do an entire season future jump where, you know, Bart and Lisa are in their thirties. Like, okay, cool. Let's, let's see what you got. Yeah. 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 It, it would just be, it would be give so much more different dynamics. People will be older in different stages of life as opposed mm-hmm. to being stuck in the same state they've been for 30 years. Uh, yeah. It was like very little has changed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's actually a really good webcomic, um, the Springfield Kids or uh, something like that, which, um, yeah, explores Bart and Lisa at the edge of um, graduating high school, which is really good. Oh, I'll cool. link it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, thank you for joining us today and letting us subject you to one of the newer episodes. <laughs> yes. So yeah, let's hook into the review. For this one, this was Season 31, Episode 15, Screenless. First released in March of 2020, it was directed by Michael Polcino, written by J. Stuart Burns. In this episode, Marge puts a limit on screen time and then, because of her struggling addiction, sends the family to screen rehab and it turns out it's an evil rehab. Hey guys, what do we think? Woof. <laughs> just a one grunt review there but uh I'll, I'll say honestly when i got i watched this with my i watched both these episodes with my wife last night and mm-hmm. as soon as the episode was done i said you know what i think they took it easy on me because this could have been a lot worse i surprised i thought i was expecting just something unwatchable and it mm-hmm. certainly wasn't good but i was like this is i feel like this is probably better than the average episodes of this season maybe i'm wrong but i didn't think it was like you know like the worst thing i've ever seen yeah i uh, definitely not that it's just uh i have i have some notes as always um... <laughs> <laughs> no i agree like i do think they did some technically okay things with the storytelling and like paying off some 
earlier seeds, but then I think the episode also suffered from poor memory. So mm-hmm. it was a bit of this balance thing where anytime like I thought, okay, well done, there was also a moment of, uh, you kind of dropped the ball there. So yeah, I, I'm still mixed. I, I don't know where I'm going with my ranking on this. Oh, one. don't worry, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think my expectation, I think what really helped me in the, with this, and I feel like I'm, I might be the voice defending certain little parts of this episode, mm, because yeah. I came in with the lowest of low, low, low expectations. Yeah. And the fact that it was kind of watchable, I was like, okay. So yeah. I feel like I, it, it surpassed my expectations, which I guess <laughs> it maybe wasn't hard to do. Oh, there's, yeah. there's definitely some some jokes in there. I really felt paid off, but uh, yeah, overall, I'm 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 not happy. All right, well, let's uh, hook into the episode proper. Uh, so, Adam, we do this with a questionnaire, and first of all, we ask for better or worse, what is like just a moment that stands out to you from this episode? Immediately, one that made me chuckle, and I don't even know if I would give it credit to the show. But my wife and I have a child and have done this very thing. And so we laughed because it is reminded of that. And it's when you're teaching your child sign language to try and communicate a little bit. And there's the part where Marge is just doing more all done and gives her a cheerio. More all done. Cheerio. And it goes on like probably a little too long. It happens like eight oh, yeah. times. But I was kind of chuckling because I was like, oh, again, maybe not because the show did it well, but just mm. because my wife and I were able to be like, oh, we've actually like done that exact thing right so that just made that that made me chuckle in that moment as your child started doing that one i, don't, I didn't catch the sign <laughs> the, yeah the more she she yeah. did it uh now she can talk and now she can say more and, and and scream it if she wants but at the time <laughs> you really are like you still say more or all done like are you all done with that you want more which I thought was was an interesting. I won't go too much in this for just two moments, but mm. it was interesting seeing Maggie have like a dynamic that actually played more into the story than I think I've ever seen her play before. Actually, like being able to communicate a little bit was uh, was yeah. Uh, was interesting. Yeah, I mean that's what I was saying. You know, parts of the episode that I was enjoying that they kept that theme running through, even though it had little or nothing to do with the whole screen time thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you reckon, PT? What's a moment for better or worse that stood out to you? Well, a little peek behind the camera for our lovely audience here. Uh, For the reasons of, you know, international broadcasting, we actually did something very different on this one where we watched both episodes the night before and now are now recording, well, now, Mm -hmm. Uh, instead of, you know, watch, record, watch, record, which is what we usually do. So for that, I knew I had to to stop more often and write down exactly what my note meant because usually it's hieroglyphics and it's just, (laughs) I have to figure out what the hell I'm talking about. But because it's fresh in my mind, it's usually not too bad. So when this one came up and I saw the title screenless, I immediately stopped it, went, wrote the note, <clears throat> this episode will feature a bunch of kids these days crap with nothing to actually say <laughs> and completely miss that it's a show that's on a screen and has been for 31 years. You're Nostradamus. Well, nearly. I will say there, there wasn't as much as, ah, oh, these kids these days, as much as I thought mm. there was going to be. That said, it just had nothing to say about mobile devices or constant screen time or anything and anytime it veered near having that it just forgot what it was doing and started doing something else entirely so yeah i just that's my note about this episode i was right about half right about it at least uh and um i think i deserve an oscar i don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sure it's in the mail um i guess uh, my moment and just to harp on the negative and like kind of my big bug about this episode is that i thought there was a certain charm to when the rest of the family was doing okay without the screens mm. and it was a good enough story point that marge wasn't 
And I really hated then when they went to the rehab and then yep. suddenly they were all struggling. Yeah, look, to me, that just comes off absolutely as lazy screenwriting. It's like you need to establish what's happening. So then why do we spend time watching Homer, Bart and Lisa being fine without screens to then turn around and have that be the absolute opposite problem when they're in rehab? Mm. Like, what was the point of those scenes? Yeah. yeah, I didn't get, I don't think I understood the turn of that, of what made them go to that place. Because, yeah, they seemed fine in the real world. Like, it seemed like they were happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it would have been just as easy as, like, oh, Marge needs to go and we need to support her, something yeah. like that. Because then I think, you know, when I was talking about the technicalities before, I think the way they escaped the rehab as well, where they, like, brought back a few of the elements that they sort of learned in their life without screens, I thought, you know, while I wasn't exactly entertained by it, uh, was, like, a technical achievement. Like, mm. But, yeah, it didn't make much sense with the rest of the rehab story. Yeah, and like, honestly, the, the point they're going for, even in the beginning, is really blurry and weird, because Marge is like, okay, no, we're going to have half hour of screens a week, which, first of all, half hour of screens a week is bullshit. <laughs> but then, like, the next scene, she's watching TV, it's like, okay, so TV doesn't count then. All right, that's I guess it must just be, you know, mobile phones. And then later on, they can't go on computers. It's like, wait, so TVs are fine, but computers are out, even though your audience is currently watching this on a computer. And <laughs> I think where that really came to a head for me is where Lisa is at the library and wants to check out a book, but can't use the computer to look it up. And it's like, so she's so addicted to screens, in quotations, that she can't look at a book. <laughs> like she's she's genuinely trying to do something non-screen related and they can't they couldn't think of a single thing to get her to do they couldn't think of anything else to make life better without screens than to have her go oh library cardstock smells so good it's like, that that's it that's your thing that's your this is what the kids need to stop get off the phones and smell some cards yeah ben i think i think you're totally right i, I mean it, it's 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 frustrating because you see the elements there that could like mm. make a decent episode but it's like they're not even trying to like have a message or to say mm. anything. It's just kind of this vehicle to do some kind of wacky thing that might mm -hmm. happen at the end. But because even at the even in the opening scene, it was really convicting to me as a father of like it's really hard to fight that balance of like screen time and being mm. like, man, I need to engage with my child and like not just put them in front of a screen all the time. And when that opens up and they're just watching that kind of mindlessly and Maggie's trying to get their attention, there was something that definitely pulled at the heartstrings. And I was like, and for half a second, you think like, oh, are they going to like do something with that or actually mm. have something profound to say? And of course they don't. It just kind of goes mm. the same direction where they've gone time and time before. I mean, did th this episode remind you guys of, oh, what was it? When, when, oh, when Marge has a gambling addiction and then mm. when she's afraid of flying it's like, okay, here she says one thing and then we got to work through this thing. It just, it's just the same, it's just the same thing, yeah. but much worse. <laughs> same thing in a time loop. It's just that the technology gets updated and yeah, mm. they've traded slot machines for iPads. Exactly. But I mean, talking about the wackiness, that's uh, what, the other question we ask is, you know, we like to explore because a lot of people, what they love about The Simpsons is how they do balance wackiness and heart, you know, the animation with the emotion. So, yeah, first of all, with the wackiness, was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? How were the cartoony elements? In its details, sure. There's a bit where Grandpa has brought over a bunch of coyotes. Yeah. Yeah, it's there. I didn't say I liked <laughs> it. I just... um, does anyone know who Dr. Drew is? Because I don't. Yeah. Yeah. 
because yeah. there's a the bit where he's at the like uh you know the screen rehabilitation center and he's all oh, i'm just so addicted to fruit ninja die mangoes die and then he hulks out and rips out he's, of his shirt and i'm like what I didn't the know, yeah. fuck is that <laughs> Okay, so it's not just me. Cause... No, I didn't understand. Yeah, I understood. the. I, I knew the reference, but I have no yeah. idea why he would turn into the Hulk. Or yeah. what. Okay. That made no sense to me. And again, I thought it was pretty tame on like over the top, like super zany, like cartoon mm-hmm. where it's just dumb. But yeah, the, the elements are still there for sure. <laughs> Yeah, and it's just one of these weak Simpsons cameos. So, yeah, for you, Beach, and anyone else that doesn't know, uh, Dr. Drew Pinsky is, like, uh, one of these TV doctors. I think he is actually, like, an actual doctor, unlike Dr. Phil or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, he started out with, like, a Loveline radio show, if I remember. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, I remember that coming on at, like, 1 a.m. Yeah. When I was in high school, yeah. Yeah, and then I think his big break into the mainstream was through Celebrity Rehab. Okay. Which is just one of the saddest shows you could ever subject yourself to. But but he didn't break through by playing the Hulk. No. No. Like, I'm very confused about that. Yeah, I did not get that at all. Yeah. No. Uh, my wackiest moment, I think, is the part where Homer's like, oh, how much does this rehabilitation center cost? And the guys are like, oh, you know, it's paid for by tech billionaires who feel guilty about addicting people to screens. Uh, tech billionaires don't feel guilt, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> they, get, they go to space and get away from the, you know, that's fine. But uh, just while we're on there, uh, another guest star of this episode, Werner Herzog. Again, I mean, I love that guy, but they use him so much for, like, nothing. Yeah. Yeah, at, at first I was like, oh, okay, he's a funny voice, like, this naturally kind of funny voice, and then they definitely overuse it, and you're like, okay, and any kind of humor that was there for, like, a minute is now just dug into the ground and turned into a powder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's had, like, five appearances on the show now. And oh, it's... he has? Oh, wow. Yeah, because you remember, Beach, there's that other one where mm-hmm. he, he synthesizes that medicine which makes all the o- old people's eyes pop uh, out. Ah, yeah, the scorpion something or other. <laughs> oh, for oh, the yikes. listening audience at home, you should see Adam's face right now. He's like, this is a story. I'm so line. glad we didn't watch that episode. He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, gross. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, talking about the accent as well, Marge, like, literally pointing it out, like, uh, it's just so disappointing. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, were there any other wacky moments that stood out to you, Adam? I mean, I guess when they're trying to escape, I don't even know if that's necessarily bad. Because again, mm. if it was done better, I think it could have maybe could have been okay. But it's when they're trying to be quiet and then he steps on a shard of a Quiet Place DVD. Mm. I mean, that's not yeah. really super wacky, but you're just like, it's just so on the nose. It just like yeah. hits you so hard. You're like, I see what you're trying to do. And maybe I could see how that'd be kind of funny on the page. But it just mm. it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And that kind of goes to a larger note of just, again, watching, I haven't watched a lot of these newer episodes, but all of the references are just what's happening at the time. Like we open with like a making a murderer Mm. and then it's like the the quiet place. Then there's another reference that hits you over the head. Oh, they're just like live bloggers on their computer and kids on their cell phones. I don't know. It really just makes it feel, it already makes it feel immediately dated, I guess. I don't know. Where I, I feel like the older episodes felt a little bit more timeless. They didn't seem so much about, here's the thing that's on TV right now all the yeah. time. 
I mean, no. I will say I did quite like the opening of uh, the Making of the Murderer parody, especially when it's like, it looks like no attractive young woman was uh, declared dead. It may be that no one died. And it's just the, the fact they've gone through a whole court case and trial and no one was actually dead. It's like, okay, that's pretty funny. Yeah, I think they overstepped it with the whole appeal thing, but um, I mean, it was fine. Mm. But that was our other guest star of this episode. Dawn Lewis was playing the female lawyer there, and people might remember her as LaBarbera on Futurama. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, she's uh, showed up a lot in The Simpsons, in the especially the later years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, talking about the exit as well, which is yeah more of the wackier material. And yeah, there was that bit where the sign language comes back and it's like, oh, Maggie helped and everyone's doing the good baby, nice baby. And then Homer doing the fish mm-hmm. postal service, whatever. That was fine. But then when he goes Bob Seger and there's that guitar music cue, it's like, why are you doing this? Could have been a yeah. sweet moment that again is just played for an easy like stupid joke that's not it could have actually had some heart there of like actually getting out together as a family but no no it's like yeah the whole evil rehab center thing like i I don't know this just didn't play for me Mm -hmm. what do you guys reckon yeah no it's it's a first draft idea it's what what okay the simpsons aren't using this phones uh what do we do um well we've never really established them as being addicted to them before and we don't do that in this episode (laughs) so let's just have an evil rehab center yeah Yeah. it just screams like we have to get back to square one we have to end the way we always begin Mm -hmm. and so it's like let's just do something Uh, what's the quickest way to get done with this as opposed to her actually maybe if if she actually legitimately had an addiction and like working through that in some way together it's like you just make this kind of outside force be the antagonist i guess yeah yeah it's just the easiest kind of way just to kind of let's quickly wrap this up and just be done Mm -hmm. with it yeah, well, I mean, as quickly as the evil rehab center comes is that it's shut down and then it ends as quickly as it happens, but they take their time to have Dr. Lund listening to Little River Band in the back of Chief Wiggum's car. And it's like, yeah. hey, you stay away from our Little River Band. That's an Australian uh, icon right there. Yeah, even if you don't like them, they're not like so awful they're going to make you cry or anything. So, okay, well done. A pointless yeah. joke with a music reference. Yeah. I don't even remember what was the whole ploy of that place. It was to get their the customers or people checking in their passwords so that way yeah, they, so they could, could do what? They could spam email from their accounts, I think. Yeah. Was for what purpose? Roughly the I don't know. Okay. I mean, from that yeah. I gotta admit I did like Werner Herzog's delivery of uh, you know, this is our side hustle. I'm making four hundred dollars a day. Ask me how. Like oh, there right. was some because of Werner Herzog, you know, ominous uh yeah. sort of delivery that worked. But yeah, the plot point itself's just such garbage. But uh, you know, on the other side of the wackiness, we like to explore the heart. How was the emotional core of this episode? And that's crickets. <laughs> yeah. Again, they. Were, I, I really did like. I, I enjoyed the Maggie dynamic because, mm. again, thirty years of sucking on a pacifier can't really do much. And here she actually was communicating and like saying something and even helping yeah, and be, the plot along. It'd yeah. be weird to have her talk as well. So it's a good way to get around that is to have her signing. Yeah, and it was like getting to work with that. And again, th- there there was something there that could have been played with either mm-hmm. you know, with screen time being too much and ignoring your child trying to communicate with them or like legitimate like addiction and not like being together and and being mm-hmm. drowning in your own phone but i mean it's there's not there's not much heart there yeah and yeah. i mean to give the episode a little credit like i did find something really sweet about bart 
making the game at school and then the bully's like, <laughs> what a dork, mm. and then eventually coming around to him. And I really just wish that was so much more explored, though. Mm. It's yeah, just, it's just there. They're like, okay, we need something for Bart to be doing that doesn't involve a screen. Okay, that's enough, and we're done now. And it moves on. Yeah. I mean, is yeah. there any other part to explore in this episode? This I is... mean, you could say something. If Again, if they'd explored the idea that Marge was actually the most addicted, that mm. would be something. Because maybe because all the other guys have something to do all day. You know, Homie goes to work, Barton leaves to go to school. They have friends, they have an outside life. Marge doesn't. Therefore, the screens are her social outlet. That'd be something. We don't really go there. I also kind of found it kind of hilarious. This aired in March of 2020, right before everyone <laughs> really, really needed their screens yeah. a lot. So <laughs> timing, huh? Well, the timing as well, because, uh, you know, I did not plan for this, but mm -hmm. yeah, the couch gag having um, a daylight savings joke. And we literally just went into daylight savings this morning. Like, yeah, I almost stuffed up our start times because Simpsons I didn't predicted it. <laughs> The Simpsons know all, even our own lives. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? You know, how's the integrity? Are the characters behaving like themselves? Uh, pale imitation. There's a concept there, especially around Marge wanting more family. Marge being family-focused, wanting more family time. But it just doesn't pull together. The, mm. So there's, there's the coffin of an idea. I'll say that I thought the episode flowed decently. I think a lot of the problems that I saw with like newer episodes is that it would just start some random place and then it would something would blow up. And then after about halfway through the episode, you're like, oh, this is what the episode's about. Like, it's just this meant nothing at the beginning. And then it just spins off until you kind of land where the episode is going to be. And I yeah. liked how this one seemed to be kind of cleaner maybe for lack of a better word uh tighter i'm not sure but it was like hey we actually started with screen and that was the whole thing of the episode and it, i could see how it progressed linearly so i thought it was decent in that respect and it wasn't over the top like super cartoony goofy there were certainly moments like we've highlighted but it seemed to stick to the family dynamics so i guess in that sense it kind of felt like an older episode but Again, like I think, yeah. Ben, what you just said, a, a pale imitation, <laughs> imitation at best. Yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. The show as a whole um, still had some of that flow, but um, an individual character, mo I don't think there were any serious breaks. Like, all the characters were believably themselves. There is still the weird continuity issue of uh, Selma's kid just, like, only mm. being there when it's convenient. and yeah, like she's like Homer's watch. Yeah. Only exists when there's a joke about it. Yeah, because I don't know if you know, Adam, but yeah, Selma adopted a kid in like season 16 and they just sort of keep forgetting that happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I did not know that. Last I knew, was she the one who had Jeb Jeb? I think that's the last thing that I knew about her having yeah. the, that's yeah. the last thing I knew. <laughs> yep, she upgraded from Lizard. Um, yeah, just while we're on that scene as well, she has, you know, Maggie's all coughing and signing, you need to stop smoking around me, something like that. And then falls asleep because she's overwhelmed by fumes. And Selma's all like, ah, you know, she always sleeps so good here. Superman sleeps good. Maggie sleeps well. Well. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes or no, would you watch this episode again? No. I mean, no. Of course not. <laughs> but for having to talk about it on the podcast, it was watchable. <laughs> but I wouldn't tell people to go run and to run and go watch it. No, no, that that's, you know, we're doing a service here. We're telling you if it's worth it or not, and I'm saying it's not. So now we like to explore what we'd like to change about this episode. BT, we'll start with you. What would you like to change? 
I think my biggest one is really just going to be, you know, that whole part where we're watching Bart, Lisa and Homer being fine without screens. If that's not going to be the point later, if it's just meant to be Marge that's addicted, then keep that. And if it's meant to be they're all struggling, then show them struggling because it doesn't, those scenes are effectively pointless because they're not feeding into the back half of the plot. So yeah. that'd be my main thing to want to change. Just remember what you were doing and have a point. At the end of this, I just wrote down what was the actual point of this? What are we supposed to think or feel at the end of it? There's a lot to be said about, you know, phone addiction and, you know, having to constantly be stimulated by social media, yada, yada. It doesn't have that to say about it. It's just got a vague idea about something. Like, I like how Marge is, you know, addicted to Pinterest at one point about judging people's cakes. That never comes back again. Mm. If the thing she's like gets caught by the family doing is uh, looking up a recipe, it's like, oh no, how dare she? What a betrayal. <laughs> it's like, no, if she'd been like addicted to gossip or something else and then fed into the idea that she doesn't get to go outside as much as everyone else, therefore needs this outlet. And something about the balance of technology in real life, there's there's so much to be said there and that needs to be said a lot of quite often. People do need that reminder every now and then. But it just doesn't have that. It's got like, especially the third act is just very heavily first draft. Yeah. What about you, Adam? What would you like to change about this episode? Well, I think I was I was comparing this to the episode um, where Marge has a gambling problem. Mm-hmm. So let's look back with my memory, if we all can remember that episode. And in that episode, Marge has a gambling problem. Mm-hmm. That choice or that falling into that had repercussions. She yeah. forgot to help Lisa build like a Florida costume or something mm-hmm. for some pageant. Spot on. She hurt the family. The family felt hurt by that. Homer had to go talk to Marge and tell her, uh, confront her with that. Say mm. like, you've hurt Lisa because of this and like change your ways. Like you're addicted. Mm. We need to confront this. And it ends with like, what them walking on the pier together, like a really sweet moment. Mm-hmm. Like that's when the Simpsons was great. Like you had, it was, if it was like, if that happened uh, in this season uh, or the 31st or whatever the hell season, it would have been, oh, and then we fall backwards into the casino, having some plot to explode Springfield. And then they kind of spin into something stupid that doesn't mm. matter with anything. It becomes yeah. too big to make it zany as if that's fun where if like if you shrink it and go small and stick to like you made a choice that hurt one of your kids let's work through that in a funny way that's when it had heart and it was the family dynamic what could have made it better in this sense would have been Marge made a decision that hurt one of her children or it hurt the family in some way and they have to rally around that and confront that in some way that's the way of keeping it smaller, not now we spin off to a different place with people we don't care about, and now there's some other force that's has nothing yeah. to do with anything. It just feels like it's spinning out of control as opposed to having a tighter narrative and having yeah. clear like consequences. Yeah, when it should be becoming coming all together, it's spanning out into something completely unrelated. Uh, yeah. As long as we're talking about one better things, uh, I'd also like to. Uh, it did remind me a bit about uh, Marge versus Itchy and Scratchy because that's also one where the kids stop watching TV and they do go out and you just have this little montage of you know them playing outside and it has a music that lets you know this is all amazing and great. And then later on when they're back in TV, there's just that ghost town vibe of showing the empty streets, and that's a way to do. Oh, isn't it a shame all the kids are inside, you know, on screens rather than out playing like kids should without being overly preachy or beating you over the head with it. And yeah, it was uh, just a comparison I wanted to make because I never got that sense from this. I never got the idea of what's the benefit meant to be. 
yeah. I, I like what you said, Ben. Yeah, it's like there's a way of doing it where you that actually is an issue. Like they introduce mm. what's actually an issue and they start to like scratch the surface of maybe dealing with that. But then it spins off and it has nothing to do with it. And then it has this cheap kind of out as opposed to no, actually like shine a light on that. I, I, I like that example, Ben, about like, yeah, not having to be super loud about it, but like show like the yeah. empty streets and like there's a sadness to that. And mm. Yeah, having more of that heart and subtlety. It lacks subtlety so much in the new episodes. Well, I think that's just the whole problem with the screen rehab. And also, is this a thing? I don't think it's a thing. Like, uh, it probably, what, screen rehab, rehabs? Yeah. I like, mean, I, I guarantee you it's a thing. In Los Angeles, probably. Yeah. <laughs> we got um, rehab for everything. But yeah, I just, I really wish it stayed within the family and just stayed within the Simpsons home. This is a home problem. So mm. why did it have to go to this faraway place that they're, you know, doing the escape from the thing with lasers and shit? Keep it at home. And like, I think there's something to having the conclusion be more about Maggie sign language because she doesn't have a screen. Like, you know, mm. she only has a screen when the parents allow it. And so... I don't know if everyone's sort of zombified on their screens and, you know, oh, only I can save the day. The house is on fire and they're all ignoring yeah. it or something well, like that. That was something else I thought was going to come up because they got the idea to teach Maggie to sign from TV. And I was like, ah, OK, this is going to be your it's not all bad, isn't it? That not because they never say TV is a problem. TV yeah. is fine. Never stop watching television. <laughs> but um, get off your phone, though. Pay more attention to Fox. No, no, get on your phone. Listen to podcasts while you're watching TV. <laughs> In fact, why not buy another screen? The Simpsons are <laughs> We are sponsored by screens. All right. Um, yeah, that about does it. Uh, it's time for our final notes. Now it's time and now it's time for our final notes. Everyone's final notes. Adam, do you have any more notes about this episode before we rank it? Uh, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so I'll, put that I'll, on the DVD. I'll, yeah, I'll uh, I'll say that. Hey, it was better than I thought. Ser I mean, it it has many issues. Obviously, part of me wonders again, like if this was season one of a show called The Simpsons that I hadn't heard of mm. before, and this was just a new episode, would it be like fine, or is it because I have this whole catalog yeah. of what the show used to be, and it just pales in comparison to what used to be like a masterpiece in this show? Mm. I don't know. I wonder if you guys ever think about that. It's like, would this, would oh, this yeah, episode be sure. fine Absolutely. if it was like, if this was the pilot episode of a new cartoon airing on Fox or whatever, would I be like, I mean, that was fine, I guess. But when you just consider it in the amongst all the Simpsons episodes, it's worse than, I don't know, 11 seasons of the Simpsons. Mm. <laughs> so I don't know. that's all I can say, I guess. Yeah. yeah, that's something we often consider and have to try our best to work around. Like, would this fly in a, if this was a classic era? Would this joke actually work if it was in an episode I liked? Um, and the, the reverse being true as well, which we'll get to is, am I just watching this with rose-colored glasses? Because it's, you know, from the classic era. Mm. It's difficult. We try. I can't guarantee we always get that right. But we can. We do what we can. Yeah, but I mean, it's the same thing with, like, Family Guy. You know, we rag on Family Guy a fair bit and say, oh, this is The Simpsons doing a Family Guy joke or whatever. But, mm -hmm. you know, if I'm going to sit down and watch a Family Guy episode, which I sometimes do, you know, I'm meeting Family Guy on that level. And sometimes, like newer simpsons kind of demand that from you but yeah i think from the spreadsheet you know you can see like by our rankings you know we have some favorites from the new era i think mm -hmm. we're being as fair and balanced as we can but yeah you're right there is that certain expectation that comes with uh, seeing the yellow family and uh what it mm -hmm. meant to you growing up and all that yeah 
The Simpsons indexed fair and balanced <laughs> as much as we can. Yeah. BT, do you have any other notes about this episode before? Yeah, we of it? course I do. In wackiness, Homer's playing tapped out on his tablet. Yeah, that's uh, weird. That was yeah, that's weird. Uh, Marge got the idea to from TV. I already said that. Sorry, um, have, have you ever played the Simpsons tapped out mobile game, Adam? Or no, uh, uh-uh. uh, it's like a, a build your own Springfield game where mm. you know you tap things and earn money, and then you pay money into the thing and you get Duffman. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> it's, Horribly addictive, that. and I probably spent about 300 hours into it before I had to, like, go cold turkey. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you need some rehab there. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's a bit where Lisa's Off to like, Los Angeles. Exactly. Yeah, there's a bit where Lisa's like, I forgot how good it was to crack the spine of a book. Cracking the spine of a book is bad, Lisa. You mean crease is what you mean, you <laughs> idiot. Dumb eight-year-old. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry, this is a character we know loves books and would know that. I'm very sorry, but, you know, try. Oh, yeah, just the whole, I, my big problem is really just, you know, the whole montage of, look how rich our lives are. Homer's doing crosswords and, mm. you know, Lisa smelling yeah. cards. Like, this is the best you got. I like Bart's, t- you know, okay, but. Was Homer's, yeah. like, a beautiful mind tribute? A little bit, I guess. Yeah. I guess. And to be fair, it kind of comes back later where he rearranges danger into garden. Um, oh, sorry, the other that's, way around. Oh, that's true. I, I didn't. I didn't catch that. I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't mind that as a joke. That then the guards were like, "Oh, like okay. yeah, that's yeah. fine." If I was having a better time, it would have landed a lot better. Yeah. Uh, can, I, can, I, can I squeeze in one thing? I forgot one thing yeah. that I think might be my least favorite moment in the entire episode. Mm-hmm. It is oh, yeah. the laziest joke. I can't believe none of us have mentioned it. Probably because it was so forgettable and stupid. It's when they have to show Marge their like screen time, and they're like, "Look, oh, it's like fifteen yeah, yeah, minutes, yeah. and it's whatever." And then the guy comes at the door of the business. And it's like, "Hey, I'm the guy who rewinds your phone time, whatever." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that's just an epitome of." It's just like such a bad joke that like oh, yeah. it was so lazy. That was the worst. Mm-hmm. That was that, may, that might have been the worst episode, the moment of the entire episode. Yeah, because I was like, they've got to be cheating, but how do we explain that? I will have yeah. the guy come around. It's written that, on the van. Then he says it. Then he asks for his screen winding back wrench. That was terrible. <laughs> yeah, just in case you don't get it. That said, I did like the button of oh, well, that puts me out of business. If you'd like to buy a van, it's only got two miles. <laughs> wink. I'm like okay. Yeah. The button is funny. The rest of it is horrible. Yeah. Horrible. And yeah, my only other notes. Um, it sucks. You know, another part of like Simpsons not letting a nice moment just be a nice moment is, mm-hmm. yeah, when Maggie starts finally picking up, you know, the sign language and then she goes, would you like more Star Wars movies? No more. What about Baby Yoda? It's like, fuck off. Stop talking about <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> the only thing that's been in the pop culture longer than The Simpsons is Star Wars. So the, it's the only target they can punch up to. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And they're, they're just so afraid to let a moment just be a moment. They, yeah. they have to have one last thing to remove, to like the Bob Seger thing. It's like, no. Yeah. Just let the moment like be like it, and let it be sweet. Like they're so afraid mm-hmm. of it's like they're so repulsed of sentimentality. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That's the thing. Sentimentality is so key to The Simpsons. It's literally a question on popular podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, similar with the like, Lisa's got the joy of you know smelling microfiche or whatever, like whatever is a bit. And then the possums in there. It's like, do we attack it? No. Let's play possum. Uh, Such yeah. first laugh, bullshit, groan. I forgot about that. Oh yeah, the other uh, guest star of this episode, Dana Gould, uh, did a mini podcast in this episode because 
Okay. What what else do you have in rehab besides yeah. Dana Gould doing live podcasts? Yeah, I do like the visual joke of the microphone plugged into one guy's headphones. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, other than that, I don't even remember what Dana Gould said. Yeah, I mean, so. yeah. And my final note is uh, the Simpsons habit of having, you know, a post-story scene where they're in the jail and mm. then they're talking about semen samples. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 Cool. I just had to remind you. I have nothing to say on it. It's just it happened. They they had like two endings. Like why they had yeah. them driving off in the car, and it's like that's not enough. You want some more, and now they're in the cell. Like what? I don't yeah. need any more. I don't need any more of this. And that's the thing. It's like it wasn't over the credits either. It was like an actual extra sync. They had that much time left over, and it's like yeah. guys, go back and add something in your episode if you have more time. Instead of making me, you know, sit here imagining Simpsons characters jacking it. Thank you for that. <laughs> Dear God. All right. Well, that must mean it must be time to rank this thing on the Simpsons Index. We rank using our six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. Maybe if the episode was just, meh, you give it participant. But for the positive rankings, you got OK Bronze, Good Silver, Excellent Gold, but for the best, of the very best, the episodes that are essential, the episodes which The Simpsons could not exist without... You give Cubic Zirconia. I'm going to go first. Let me show you how it's done. Like, technical achievements like about the episode's memory aside, I'm still failing this one. I just found it such a painful watch that even the parts that I didn't enjoy, I was like, okay. And then like some of the technical things is like, yeah, but you just whiffed it so badly in some other areas. Like I was flirting with Participant, but I ended up going failure. BT, what do you reckon? Yeah, look, uh, this one... It's not awful. It's certainly not the worst one. And usually we reserve, we say we reserve failure for the ones that are offensive in some degree. That said, this one was just so lazy to me. It really started to piss me off the more I thought about it. Uh, and what kind of tilted me for it was the idea that, yeah, Lisa's trying to get a book because she's so addicted to phone screens. It's like, no, no, that's, you should have her doing anything else. Like, well, yeah, it just doesn't... her acquired skill, sorry to interrupt, but yeah, her no, acquired sorry. skill from not having screens does not come back into the end. So it's pointless anyway. Yeah, it's pointless. And it's, again, she's trying to get something that isn't a screen. That's not an addiction. Yeah. It just came off as incredibly lazy to me. And so if you're not going to try, then why the hell am I going to give you a participant? A participant says you at least gave it a shot. Hmm. So I'm going to fail as well. Into the pit with ye. And Adam, what would you like to rank it? So failure is the lowest and participant is one rung above that? Yep. yep. Then I think for that reason, I'm going to go participant. Having no context of any other like episodes uh, around it. It's very fair, don't worry. <laughs> there's got to be, for me, there's got to be a rung below that. There's got to be episodes that are like unwatchable like, kill me, I don't want to watch another second of this episode. And that never felt like oh, that are. to me. Yeah, so that I think for that reason alone, there's got to mm-hmm. be a rung below this. Because this one was like, it was whatever, it was fine. I mean, it's not. it wasn't good, but it, mm. it felt like there has to be like way worse episodes out there. And so for that reason, and there were some like decent moments, maybe because, maybe I'll give it a participant just because it hit me at a time in my life where I'm kind of actually going through some of these yeah. kind of things. So it made me chuckle for that reason. The, ep- the episode itself didn't really earn that, but it just happened to, the timing of it hit, hit me that made yeah. it a little bit more enjoyable. So I'll go participant. 
No, I, th- I think that kind of range of uh, shiny failure, dull participant is really where this belongs. Yep, and yeah, with the scores averaged out, that'll be a shiny failure. And it'll be the <laughs> second shiny failure from season 31. It'll be joining Treehouse of Horror XXX. That one they did like a Stranger Things parody. And... Ah, but it's pointless. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> have there been any other episodes anywhere nearby this that have been above... That have been in the in the passing grades, or are all these seasons just variations you know, 30, of? I think thirty one's not doing. I think thirty one opener. I think was okay. Um, um, if I'm remembering that, uh, was 30, that 30? 31 and thirty two have had some surprises in there. Thirty one mm. is the one that has uh, Todd Todd. Why hast thou forsaken yes. me? Which oh, like that could have been incredible if they landed. Yeah, like Adam, I actually really recommend that one because that explores really okay. Um, you know the impact of Maud's deaths from Todd's perspective and his loss of faith and stuff. Oh, cool! It's really interesting. Like completely yeah. whiff the ending, but um, for a while there, it's building. You're like, holy shit, are we going here? Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's that's, that's the same. That's the same season as uh, Screenless. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Todd, Todd, why hast thou forsaken me? We haven't reviewed many episodes from the 30s yet but uh yeah also the season 32 opener was pretty good undercover burns where burns goes undercover in his own nuclear mm. power plant no okay um, and jumps into a dave harbour suit <laughs> look it gets wacky let's uh but some of the ideas <laughs> and yeah reviewed last week on the podcast we didn't mind podcast news where kent brockman starts a podcast and accuses grandpa of murder that one was okay um, all right, well, now it's time to move on to the classic era, and my goodness, what a classic we have for you today. Uh, so we're going to go review Radio Bart. We will be back. And we are back, and we just watched... No, we didn't. We already said that we watched these ahead of time. Anyway, we're about to... You can let them believe the lie if you want. (laughs) We just watched and are all in the same room together. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Season 3, episode 13. Don't believe what Disney Plus says you. There's a first episode that they deleted. Tell the people. Uh, Anyway, we just watched Radio Bart. First released in January of 1992. It was directed by Carlos Beza, written by John Vitti. In this episode, Bart gets a microphone that transmits to radios for his birthday and you you know this one it's timmy tall and the well and then bart goes down the well hey what did we think uh man this one started off like good but i was like okay this is a little bit weaker than i thought but it definitely ramps up as it goes on i really towards the end i'm like okay this is all wonderful yeah i I completely agree i was expecting this to be like like a perfect episode and there at the beginning it was a little kind of slow going i was like oh yeah it Mm. takes a little bit but once it hits its stride Man, the, I think the, the third act is like incredible. Oh, yeah. All like, or even like a midpoint is like so good all the way through to the end. Yeah, we've said plenty of times before. If you're gonna get anything right, stick the landing. Yep. Mm. So. Yep. Yeah. Um. For me, you know, we were talking about the rose-colored glasses and stuff before. Mm. This is gonna be very difficult for me because it is. This is like just. Within my family, one of the most memed episodes. Before we even had a word for it, like, this was just one of the most oft-quoted episodes. Like, I have such a strong love for this one just based around how much it amused my family growing up. Like, more so than a lot of episodes. So, this is going to be difficult for me because, like, just watching this Mm. was, like, a warm hug. I'm in front of the fireplace um, on the carpet. There's a Labrador at your feet. (laughs) Yeah. Well, she was a three-legged bitch but you know <laughs> that's my old dog butcher rest in peace mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway so let's uh hook into the questionnaire adam we'll start with you for better or worse what's a moment from radio about that stands out to you 
I think you, you were just talking, Elliot, about like references or how this comes into your daily vernacular and things like that. I think something that I still quote to this day at every birthday party is um, you're the birthday boy or girl. Yeah, I, I do that all the time. That always cracked me up when I whenever I watched that episode. I always love that line. Well, actually, I got to ask because we didn't have a Chuck E. Cheese in Australia. Um, oh, uh-huh. So do these uh, animatronic birthday songs exist in those places? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I had a birthday or two at a Chuck E. Cheese when I was growing up. And there are these like kind of crappy looking like things that just kind of move around and, and yeah. they talk. They're not as bad as that where the machinery is falling down and sparks <laughs> are coming out. Though that was funny. Uh, and usually they're timed better, but it definitely hits on that thing where they're awkward, where it's like, hi there, little one, happy birthday. And if someone mm -hmm. tries to talk to it, it's just out of sync. And yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry you guys don't get to enjoy Chuck E. Cheese. I don't even know if they're around. I think they're around still, but... Yeah, they're definitely awkward. Yeah. Oh, you know, we still had good birthday parties in uh, the, yeah. the Down Underverse. <laughs> yeah. Time Zone Unlimited game parties, man. They were the shit. Oh, my God. Metal Slug for an entire hour. Oh. Hells yeah. <laughs> yeah, th that whole uh, opening with the birthday party, like, I, I just quite enjoyed that as well. And Bart's, like, getting slowly disillusioned with his whole birthday. Like, I think he was mm -hmm. acting like a bit of a spoiled brat with the presents, but, you know. He also got a label maker. If you're 10 and you got a label maker, mm. that would dampen your day. And Dr. Marvin Munro's Guide to Etiquette. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but what about you, BT? What stands out to you from this episode, for better or worse? Uh, I think the charity single, Sending uh, Our Love Down yes. the Well, which... Obviously, when I was a kid, I didn't really get what this was a parody of. But then when I grew up, I you know found out about the We Are the World mm. and just the the cheesy push for that to work, and just something about that I feel is just so perfectly parodied in this, where you've got all these famous people who are just singing instead of doing something and claiming all kind of the glory credit for it, and ah, it's beautiful. Yeah, well, and yeah, a bit of trivia: they originally approached Bruce Springsteen for this because he was on We Are mm. the World, but he turned it down. Uh, so yeah, then they went with Sting, who I think objectively was the better choice. He was phenomenal in this episode, I reckon. Yeah, Great. It's, uh, especially just that bit at the end where yes. he's like digging, he's like, "Not my one of my fans." Yes. Needs. He's like, "Shut up, Marge. He's a good digger." Oh, I cracked uh, that, that, that bit moment. got me really hard. Yeah, my wife and I also were like, "What is this reference again?" Because we kind of knew idea. We we had an idea of what the mm. reference was, but we definitely paused the episode and looked up on YouTube that "We Are the World" song and watched the entire <laughs> yeah watched the entire thing. <laughs> it was yeah. hilarious. Well, and I think Simpsons sort of captured the cynicism of it really well because, yeah, you look behind those charity singles and it's like very few of the money goes to the thing. Like there's the famous, you know, Live Aid debacle and... Yeah. Hey, those limos out <laughs> back don't pay for themselves. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whatever's left will throw down the well. Like, <laughs> No, it's so good. And um, yeah, just another bit of trivia there that whole Marge is a good digger line was referencing that Sting, one of his jobs before being a musician, was being a ditch digger. Oh, oh really? whoa, I had no idea about that. So yeah, deep cuts and also coincidental timing of uh, picking these episodes for today for this record. It's Sting's mm -hmm. 70th birthday today. Oh, wow. Sting oh. Sting is 70. Is he is he doing anything for it? Can we go? <laughs> well, we're a little bit far away, but I'll I'll, sure. I'll send yeah. your regards when I hang out with them tonight. <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. Thank you. Yeah, well, the postal service isn't that great here, so I guess I'll have to send him a message in a bottle. Ooh. <sighs> Gonna have to call the police on that one. I'll give you a, I'll give you a golf clap on that one. Th thank you for the tepid <laughs> golf clap. 
Um, oh my god, what stands out to me from this episode? I guess I don't know if I quite appreciated it in the past, but I do like Homer's being immediately swayed by the commercial. I think we got a lot of this in yeah. Simpsons at that time, you know, him being really swayed by like the infomercials like the orange juicer and things like that. Yeah. No, I always really enjoy that. Um especially because I now have a family member who does that. It's like immediately influenced by television. It's like, oh, wow, these people do exist. (laughs) So have you been getting some uh, as seen on TV (laughs) products for your... I've I've only heard the stories, thankfully, but uh, it's just like, okay, wow, really? All right. Yeah, but I like how, yeah, he's swayed by the commercial and then he's like, you know, Bart's rejected his present. He's trying to convince him, so he tries to play out the commercial, and it's just yeah. going so hilariously bad for him because it's it's Homer. He hasn't got mic control mm-hmm. and technique, and like of all songs as well, I think Convoy had to be the funniest pick. Oh, it's very <laughs> shouty by its nature. Yeah, <laughs> that song has forever ruined me. I'm, I'm not hearing that song all the time, but if I hear it in any kind of regard, I definitely think of oh, yeah. that Simpsons reference. Yeah, oh, with the dog howling as well. It's just such a beautiful yeah, bit. <laughs> so, Play Count, have you seen this episode before? How many times do you think you've revisited it, BT? Oh, again, not for a very long time, but, oh man, geez, it's got to be in the 20s, 30s, who the hell knows? Yeah, what about you, Adam? I've probably seen it probably about a dozen times. I, My wife had so much so much Simpsons gaps in her, you know, library. And so I oh, wow. took it upon myself as a good husband yeah. and Simpsons fan. It was in your vows. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> a couple of years ago, we started going through like, I started around like season two, I think, or some highlights of season one. But I think we went mm-hmm. through all of the first nine seasons. And uh, so I hit it, that was a couple of years ago, but they come back to you so easily. I'm sure yeah. you guys are the same way. When you've seen it so many times, you just remember the jokes and you find yourself quoting them before they come out. And you're like, man, I haven't seen this in so long, but you just remember yeah. it. No, absolutely. Like, yeah, revisiting it today, it had been a while for me as well. And it's just, oh, it's such a warm hug. But yeah, <laughs> let's explore the cartoony moments. How was the wackiness in this episode? Again, it's not really a terribly wacky one. It's more in the fringes of things. I do really love Socrates here will grip the young lad in his talons <laughs> and fly him to safety. But to follow that up with, I don't think he's coming back. Yeah, that's yes. another meme. Yep. Because it's, it's, quiet. it's quiet. There's no like mm. super loud ending. The hilarity is in the quiet, the simpleness of it, where he just watches yeah. him quietly fly away. It's so good. And then after that, a quick little Jaws reference, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. This hook and this hunk of chocolate, I'll hook your boy and I'll clean him for free too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wild. Yeah, I guess the wackiness sort of does come around the media circus that literally Mm. turns into a media circus around the... I do love they put a... It's very Springfield to put a carnival around a tragedy. (laughs) Yeah, I wondered if that was... uh, Have you all seen the movie um, Ace in the Hole? It's an old... um, It's an old movie from like the 50s with Kurt Douglas and I was watching, I was like, I wonder if that's an ace in the hole reference. Because in that one, the idea is that someone falls in a hole and is trapped. Not mm. not in a well, but in a hole. Yep. And it becomes this media circus where there it does become a carnival outside of it. And so I was like, oh, oh wow. man. Again, speaking to when you come back to The Simpsons older, they have these like nuanced mm. references that don't beat you in the head. But you're like, oh, I wonder if that's what they were doing. Yeah, if yeah. you get it, you get it. I mean, that feels pretty coincidental, so... Yeah, no, it, it absolutely is. Oh. Matt Groening, because he was the one who pitched this story and then John Fiddy wrote it, and John Fiddy had never seen that movie, and Matt Groening, like, gushed about it, absolutely loved it, and, like, 
basically wrote him the entire plot and then John Fiddy went out and hired it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. All right. Uh, oh, right. I'm glad I pulled that on my butt. Okay. All right, sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really pulled that ace out of the hole. <laughs> exactly. Ooh, nice. Ace out of the A. Um, no, so well done. You now get 50 Simpsons index points. Yeah. Um, you can just spend those in our gift shop. And yeah, I was excited about this because, yeah, Ace in the Hole starring Kirk Douglas, who would later come back on The Simpsons and play Chester J. Lampwick. Mm. What part was that? Uh, the guy who invented... Itchy and Scratchy? scratchy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, rocket Car, yeah. Gold House, all that. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> to get some liver and onions. <laughs> so I just remembered, uh, paint my fence, make me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also this was apparently, and this is a story I had no idea about until I was doing the research for this episode, um, but it's sort of loosely based around uh, the real life story of Jessica McClure. Is that a name that mm. rings any bells? Uh, Dora no. of Troy McClure? I thought it was a coincidental name as well, given the thing, yeah, right. But no, she's an 18, at the time, she was an 18-month-old girl that fell into a well at back of her uh, grandma's property, I think. Ah, uh, it does sound familiar. Yeah, and she was stuck down there for 45 hours, and there was this whole um, big thing of trying to rescue her because, you know, the well was small, so they couldn't get anyone down there, and mm. um, digging equipment revealed that the well was surrounded by rock, which made it difficult, and... They ended up using water jet cutting technology, which was at that time, like in the uh, 1988, very new at the time. Mm. So it was deemed as risky. But yeah, they got her out. But yeah, similarly as well, there was this whole media circus that built around it. And like Ronald Reagan and George uh, H.W. Bush at the time were getting on the news and talking about it. And like there was this guy who was born without collarbones that went down there and volunteered to go down the well because he's like, I don't have collarbones. I can fit down there. (laughs) Wow. Like it's finally his time to show exactly. And then, yeah, she went, like, after she was rescued, her and her family went on, yeah, big media tour about it, met the Reagan president at the time, and, yeah, did that whole thing. So, yeah, they were sort of basing a lot of those elements around that as well. Hmm. So, yeah, there you go. I I think sitting on, like, the ace in the whole thing, and even the, uh, we mentioned the Jaws reference, I don't know, Hmm. I mean, those are definitely older references, and they're still to movies and, and pop culture, but there's something about... There was nuance and or it felt like there mm. were older references, which for some reason just like it felt like you were. I don't know why it felt like it made you smarter knowing some of these mm. older like literature references or whatever. And yeah. it felt like it, it yeah. felt like Easter eggs where if you got it, you felt like yeah. proud of yourself. Where in the newer episode, it's like, here's a Quiet Place DVD stuck in my foot. Yeah. It's like, OK, <laughs> man, there's all right. Yeah. There's nothing subtle about this. But I remember because I, I, I was in I, I majored in film in college and you're watching things like citizen Kane and you're watching these older movies and you're like, Oh man, Simpsons. That's where Simpsons got that. Oh, and that's what that reference meant. Mm. And there were yeah. these things that didn't scream at you, but they were just there. And as, as a kid, you just enjoyed it because it was funny. But when you get older, you're yeah. like, Oh man, here's what they were doing. And they're referencing these things and they weren't beating you over the head. They, they gave the audience so much more like respect. I felt yeah. like, mm. like they had you earn it and work for it a little bit more which felt so much more satisfying yeah because it's this thing if you're a kid and you don't get you haven't seen jaws it's just a crazy fisherman yeah, who wants exactly. to hook a, a, you know catch a boy with a hunk of chocolate that's fine but then later on when you get it and you know it's quinn it's funny exactly quint rather yeah and you don't need to make any leaps by knowing the thing yeah i went my whole life without knowing ace in the hole and i, I still haven't seen it but like mm. the story works without the pre-knowledge like mm-hmm. 
you you understand the story. They explain it well. Yeah. You didn't. Oh no, you had to have seen this obscure movie from the fifties to exactly. understand what really, you're doing here. Really get it. Yeah, and especially <laughs> with the whole media circus and Quimby being like, you know, I since saying I would get the boy out of the hole, I have taken a lot of flack. Therefore, I am flip flopping. Yeah. <laughs> it stands on its own. It doesn't need those things in order to stand or to make sense. But if you get the extra thing, it just feels like a, a reward. It's like it's why shows like Arrested Development and things like that work so well because they, they were so subtle and there would be like little jokes in there mm. and like Easter eggs. And if you got them, you felt like you were just in tune with what they were doing and it felt like a reward. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, talking about the pacing as well, it just cracks mm. along that, yeah. Even if you miss something, it's all right. We're moving on. It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of those things. I recently learned the term that apparently Alfred Hitchcock used, which was a freezer box moment, where if something doesn't make sense in a movie, but you don't notice it at the time, you only notice it later on when you're at home taking chicken out of the freezer box for dinner. You're like, hey, wait a second. Whereas this works in the opposite of that. It's something where you're like, if you don't didn't get a reference or something like that, later on you'll be like, oh, wait, that was, oh, of course. Mm. Totally. So it gets smarter the more time goes on. Absolutely. And uh, how about the heart of this episode? How was the emotional core? Oh, come on. Like, Homer yelling out, that's all I can stand. I can't stand no more. <laughs> Goofy as it is. Ah, oh, it gets you. Yeah, man, for sure. Like, that's why I love all these older episodes. And, like, they had Homer... Uh, granted, I, I, in the nine seasons that I love, Homer can be super stupid and wacky and off the wall. Mm. But for the, for, for the oh, most yeah. part, he's just like a regular dad who's like well-intentioned, but kind of an gullible and kind of an oaf, mm. but well-intentioned. So he buys this gift because he almost like wants to buy his son's affection. And then at the end, yeah. he like, yeah, with his own hands, he's like, I'm going to dig you out of there myself. And you have this town that has felt so wronged by this boy that they leave, but mm. then they come back even to like, they put that aside to the whole town comes together to help get this boy out of a well. And, it, again, it doesn't beat you over the head with, like, cheese, but it's mm. really sweet when you think about it. And they're throwing gifts down to their son in the well with, like, a... And Bart <laughs> even has a moment where he mm. just feels guilty and, and, and almost, like, apologizes and regrets what he did. Yeah, yeah that's what you no, need. It's, like, it's... you made a decision that had consequences, and then you have to, like, deal with those consequences in a tangible way that sticks to the family mm. and keeps it small. That's what works. Yeah. Yeah. And then even I did really like the visual joke of when Homer's, you know, dropping his crusty doll down there. He's got a goldfish and a, and a tank. <laughs> yeah. It's like, they don't mention it. They don't say a thing. It's just there. You're it's like, oh, that's gag, yes. work. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, but yeah, at, at the end as well, like with Bart, like just realizing all the stuff he won't do. Like, I, mm. I don't know. The alchemy here is just like having an emotional moment, but like, peppering in these jokes it's like a, it's not him going oh my god i'm gonna miss my 11th birthday i might not have my first kiss it's yeah. like no yeah. i won't get to smoke a cigarette use a fake id shave a swear word yeah. in my hair it's like oh <laughs> yeah. wait it's it's building the point while also undermining the point yeah or just knowing the character so well like writing the character yeah. so well that that is what he would mourn like that's real for his mm -hmm. character that he knows yeah. he would probably have that trajectory of a lifestyle yeah, it just fits so well. And yeah, that's what you're saying. Like, it comes into just knowing the characters so well. And uh, it's so well set up in this episode. I guess this perfectly leads into, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Is this a show you recognize and know and love? Uh, yes. 
Oh my god! Yes. Even though it's down a well, I can still tell it's the show we love. Yeah, yeah. there's a moment. Oh, I think especially watching. And I'm so glad I, did, I happened to do this order too, where I, my wife and I were like, "All right, let's watch the bad episode first, and so that mm-hmm. way we can wash it out of our mouths with a really good episode." And so I'm glad we went in that order also because you watch the seasons thirty. And the animation is so like crisp and clean and feels a little like mm. heartless. I don't know. Maybe that's a, a mean way of saying it, but it just seems super digitized. And then immediately in the first panel of Radio Bart, you're like, there's the kind of crudeness that feels more like warmth mm. and the imperfections are there. But it's so, I mean, everything you said, Elliot, about like, like feels cozy. Like you're like, you're <laughs> putting on an old pair of shoes that just feel that just fits perfectly. Yeah. And yeah, the jokes come, I mean, yeah, at the very beginning when they're going into the Wally weasels, there's a sign that says Wally weasels, we cram fun down your throat. There's just <laughs> things like this. There's like, yes, this is what I want. I was cracking up at myself and these, these subtle things that are just there that you'll catch. And ah, uh, yeah, this is a, it was a, it was great. This feels like a classic Simpsons episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Like just the characters all being so on point and like even yeah, Lisa who doesn't get much to do in this episode still gets to be the Lisa and point out the obvious flaw in Bart's plan here. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just stupid enough have left a property of Bart Simpson label on that and then just the swing across the mm-hmm. town down the well. Yeah. And as well, yeah, we mentioned it's the best version of Homer. It's like you know, well-intentioned, pretty dumb, um, you know, easily provoked, but yeah, still loves his son at the end of the day. Like, Yeah, he cares. He's just bad at it. Yeah. I mean, there's there's the joke where there, he's labeling everything and there's a label on the beer can. And he's like, <laughs> oh, there's only one beer left and it's Bart's. Like, thing like that, it's just like, it's a small throwaway thing, but it's not so wacky. It would fit with his character. Just kind of just like taking it at face value and just being kind of dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and like Bart being able to fool him with uh, his version of War on the Worlds. This was another <laughs> yeah. off-quoted uh, thing. Yeah. We have your president. He was delicious. Yeah, and I just love Homer in the background walking around with a shotgun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Immediately to shotgun, Jesus. Uh, but yes, mm-hmm. no, would you watch this episode again? Oh, sure. Hell yes. Yeah, of course, I'd watch it again. And episodes we want to watch again, we like to think about what playlist we'd put them in. So what are some Mm. other Simpsons episodes that share, like, thematical elements that would, you know, pair nicely Mm. with this one? Uh, I'm going to say arcade games. We get a bit of Larry the Mm. Looter in this one. And there's a lot of of crazy Simpsons arcade games out there. Uh, And also for all the people out there who enjoy themselves a bit of hunk of mad, we get some shirtless willy. (laughs) Oh, yeah, so this and Grease Me Up Woman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, You're uh, in for a steamy afternoon. Mm. That's a that's a great question. That's a that's a cool that's a cool idea. <laughs> I think the reason I didn't like this episode at the beginning is because the older I've gotten, I really just dislike the episodes where Bart is just like an asshole, and because <laughs> just like God, just stop being such an asshole all the time. And so I think mm. I would lump it in with the episode where he doesn't get to see the itchy and scratchy movie because the first half of the episode, he's just like trying on grandpa's teeth and like hammering Mm -hmm. ketchup packets. Like, what are you doing, man? And that one, and one of my least favorite episodes that just gives me like anxiety, even when I watched it as a kid was when Lisa is his babysitter and, and Bart (laughs) is just like a tyrant the entire time. And Lisa's trying to do the right thing, but Bart like, 
falls down the stairs right and puts him in a whale barrel. It's like, yeah, yeah. I just hate how difficult Bart is sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it just like pisses me off. I still remember BT when we reviewed that one. Uh, I was like, hey, what did you think? And your immediate first thing was, that was a harrowing watch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, because I think as a kid, you kind of emulate what your li- life would be like if you were Lisa. And as an adult, you're like, oh, this could happen to kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. um, really ultra specific playlist, but uh, the Shutton playlist, the journalist who pops up sometimes. Ah, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. He does the Three Eyed Fish as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Three Eyed Fish. And uh, Dave Shutton, who are you? Where are you going? Just the tiny, tiny, minuscule B-plot of this episode of the Lincoln Squirrel is just (laughs) such a funny thing. Does he get assassinated? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We'll stay with the story all night if we have to. But again, it's a good little, you know, this is fluff piece media and they're, you know, really trying to sell it. And that's the next big thing that moves the country on from the boy down the well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You can also do infomercials. We were talking about that before. Oh, Um, yeah. I do really like that my note here just has the word limited, but I know what that means because that's when she's like, but hurry, supplies are limited. I was like, limited! <laughs> yeah, a couple. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What would we like to change? Adam, what would you like to change about this episode? Oh, man. Mm. I think it could be picked up a little bit at the beginning. You're asking me like what I would change. I don't know how I would do mm. it to make it better. It just yeah. kind of drags a little bit at the beginning. And then Bart kind mm. of mopes for a bit about his toy. It, it really only picks up once the Timmy O'Toole. Uh, is that what the character, the fake character's name is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it goes in the well. That's when it gets going. It, it's a little slow going at the beginning. But I mean, that's just kind of, you know, being picky, yeah, look, I guess. I- I've got the same note. I don't know how to fix it. And to be fair, it is building what it needs yeah. for the rest of the episode to thrive. Mm. So sometimes you just need to lay that foundation. And laying a foundation isn't fun sometimes. Sometimes it's just concrete. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. How about you, BT? Uh, look, there's a bit at the beginning where Lisa's watching sexy dancing on TV, on like MTV or something. And everyone knows that only started with twerking and Miley Cyrus corrupting the nation. There was no such thing as dirty dancing way back in the, the wholesomeness of 1993. So don't lie to me, episode from that era. It's only the kids today who are corrupt. Well, that was going to be my note of change from this episode because, yeah, I, I don't really know. I agree there's something a bit wrong with the pacing at the start, especially because I feel like they're setting up the whole Bart being disappointed thing with the mm. birthday coupons with the, you know, surprisingly small Sunday. But then he has fun at the barbers, you know, talking about um, how digital audio tape sucks compared to the compact discs of his age. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, Then a very racy tango lesson. Mm-hmm. So I think there should be more of a gradual disappointment and then like, oh, you know, the coupon sucked, but, you know, I get to have my birthday party. And then that's, I think that has a similarly good trick. I don't know. Yeah. Having now mentioned it, I think that we do spend a lot of time on, you know, then Homer's drooling over the sexy dancing on TV. That doesn't really do anything. It's him watching TV, I suppose. That's where he gets the idea. But surely there's another, maybe start with Bart, transition to Homer or something. Yeah. Uh, It's not, it's, yeah, it's, it's what maybe a minute out of this episode that I think could use some tightening, maybe two. So, well, it's the part that I'm not quite a fan of is yeah. Homer drooling hornily over the TV while his daughter's in the room. That was just a bit weird. I kind of like the joke of, yeah, you know, giving the money. It's like, dad, this is like a hundred bucks. Oh, sorry. Gives the whole wallet. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, otherwise, yeah, this is just. Yeah. I've all the episodes that start with the Simpsons watching TV and usually the great jokes that come out of it. Maybe something else on this one. Hmm. Yeah, it's a little repetitive in the nature of the episode where, like, there's a thing and yeah. then they do a bunch of lists of it. Like, there's 
Like mm. Bart wants to go use his birthday coupons or whatever. And there's like a few of those and they're kind of humorous, but there's nothing like hilarious in those. And then it's like, he's bored with his, but he wants to do pranks with his label maker. And we get a few of those and then pranks with the microphone. There's a few of those. Mm. And then there's like, he's in the well, how are we going to get him out? Here's a couple ideas. So there's, there's yeah. like that pattern yeah. that kind of hits, but I mean, it still, it still works. I remember watching, like I was cracking up or I was chuckling to myself when, when he started pranking Rod and Todd, pretending to be God in the radio. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. And it's kind of funny. <laughs> How did you get on the radio? It doesn't like, there's not like that like hilarious moment. It's just like, it's mm. kind of humorous, but it's, I feel like yeah. that could have maybe been a little bit more or even him getting the, the Sunday that's really small there. It was, it was fine. Yeah. And it got, it got to where it needed to go, but I was never like, Oh my God, I got to rewatch that moment. Cause it was so funny kind of mm. moments. Uh, I will say, I do like the beat of uh, the Sunday, just eat it and get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Walk into the wall. I will remove it for you later. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, that was just a good line delivery for me. All right, I think we are here. Any other notes time? Start with you, Adam. Do you have any other notes, uh, parts of this episode you want to mention before we rank it? It's, it's funny. I, we've, we've talked about like watching this show and approaching it from different places. When you watch it as a kid, you definitely just associate yourself more with like Bart and Lisa. But mm -hmm. the older you get, now I'm rewatching it, I can't help but just feel so much more connected to Homer now being a dad myself. And it's really yeah, just yeah. an interesting way of rewatching it. And so I think I really just love the episodes like this where Homer wants to be a good dad and it doesn't, and he's trying his best, but he doesn't really know how to do it, but he just loves his kids. I think that's just like, I, I just missed the, that heart that was in the, cause that's how, it was, that's how it was pitched, right? It was just like a sitcom. Mm -hmm. It was a family that happens to be animated and yeah. it just worked yeah. really well. And then you get to seasons 30 and they're, just Hulk turning into Hulk and randomly and you're like, mm -hmm. what's happening, man? Like, but like episodes like this, yeah. where it's just a simple idea where a dad just wants to wants maybe he wants his son to love him the same way that he mm -hmm. loves him, mm -hmm. that he loves his son. And, and it hits that. Like we talked about with screenless, like, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to do? You don't have anything to say. You don't land it. it it's all over mm -hmm. the place. But with this one, it really like hits that through line at the beginning and the end of like a father wanting to love his son. And it, does it so mm. well absolutely pt all right let's see uh they've got the mention at the beginning of uh we've got a, another track up by funky c funky do lip syncing another one of their hits <laughs> which is a great little millie vanilli jab i think and uh also at the end it's like they've got the song i do believe we're naked it is a banger <laughs> so, yeah but casey Kasem, oh, no. all the way to 98 did y'all know casey Kasem? Oh. <laughs> Uh, that that was one that I came to later, but yeah, yeah. Oh, now when you I was a kid, that, yeah, on like Sunday mornings, it was like, and now number two on the countdown. <laughs> yeah, that's such a that's such a dated reference that I happen to remember. That dude also yeah. did voices in Scooby Doo, if I remember correctly. Oh, did he? I remember what I grew up watching Saved by the Bell, and he's in an episode by the Saved by mm -hmm. the Bell, and I think that's how I was introduced oh, yeah. to him. <laughs> <laughs> And now that theme song is in my head. <laughs> yeah, if I could hand it in tomorrow, it'll be. Yeah. Um, there's a bit of, you know, when they're advertising the microphone of why sit in front of the TV? It's like, see, this is how you do self-referential parody of, you know, screenless. Pay attention. Mm. Oh, yeah. And the whole line of, um, hey, good looking. We'll be back for you. Later. Apparently, because this whole thing was based on uh, Ronco Brand's Mr. Microphone, who did a similar thing. And mm -hmm. that was a line from that actual commercial that oh, wow. they thought was so funny. So yeah, 
having it work in the commercial and then Homer repeating it to Marge just through that distorted microphone as well. It's just, oh, mm-hmm. chef's kiss. <laughs> There's a great little moment of, uh, it's classic Homer of, mmm, chocolate, with the <laughs> Neapolitan chocolate vanilla strawberry oh, yeah. ice cream and just... The chocolate's gone. He's just throwing it out. Like I think that happened to everyone as a kid. Yeah, Why, like yeah I said. he keeps. That's so funny. Why he keeps buying it, and he only eats one <laughs> one third of the chocolate. Yeah. Again, small joke, but that's just so funny. No, absolutely. Mm. And again, this was a meme in my family, and like one of the ice cream brands bought one out that was like a swirl, and like mum brought it home and was like, "What are you doing? Like, we want the chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> it's all mixed up." Nice. Good, good, good riff there, Elliot's mum. Lisa's reading Non-Threatening Boys. There's just something funny about that. Oh, yeah, that's a playlist. (laughs) All right. Now, an important one here is, you know, one of the pranks Bart's balls is he puts the radio underneath Mrs. Krabappel's desk and makes a fart noise with his mouth. Now, the the listeners out there can go to patreon.com slash sidequest studios where they can listen to the exclusive podcast, Storyboard the Chalkboard, where there was actually a chalkboard gag, I will not make fart noises in class. Could this be a reference to why Bart got detention? Find out on that exclusive podcast available on our Patreon. Uh, so just to explain that premise, yeah, we're doing this podcast where... We're taking the chalkboard gags and trying to decipher what the hidden episode was behind them. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, surely if Bart had the punishment, therefore there was a hidden episode of The Simpsons implied. You've drawn mm-hmm. that connection where a lot of those the chalkboards are references to things that he's done in episodes? Oh, no, no, we're making them no, up. We're making shit up. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I was like, whoa, what have you guys uncovered here? All right. This is all... <laughs> That'd be epic. Yeah, we're all just fra- frazzled like Charlie Day and we got the, you know, exactly. <laughs> red string and everything. I, I have a conspiracy board in my house. Don't worry. <laughs> I do like Homer's like, oh, that boy's a hero. How do you feel? He fell down a well. It's just, I don't know. I like the the non-ending of that out. Just, oh, okay. I've been told by the media he's important. Again, it's Lisa's skepticism. She obviously bears no real will towards this boy. It's like, but how's he a hero? Yeah, what, oh. are, we, what are we doing with this? <laughs> How do you, he's a boy uh, and he, he fell down a well. Fell down a well. <laughs> well, it's more than you ever did. <laughs> I do like that. That was the end of that. I couldn't remember. Uh, I do like the whole Krusty talking to Sting and the scheduling thing. For some reason, especially in my adulthood, that's really funny. It's like, how about Thursday? It's Thursday's so good. What about Friday? That's uh, Friday's worse than Thursday. Then he said, how about Saturday? And, True story. Yeah. <laughs> There's something, yeah, about being an adult and trying to make plans with your friends. That, that just hits really different. Or organizing international podcasts. <laughs> Uh, let's see uh, Bart's little moment when he falls down the well and gets his foot trapped by a rock he's like oh, what did I do to deserve this yeah. like, okay <laughs> that that got me um, and then yeah, Homer on the news is like oh we didn't want the boy he was an accident <laughs> like, oh can we edit that out no Mr. Simpson we're live <laughs> an extra playlist is you know we do the, the pan through the ground when they're digging the, the mm. hole next to the well and you get you know the classic Simpsons pan through jokes of you know there's a dinosaur and the alien and whatever else like when you pan through the house mm-hmm. And my last one is just a little bit of um, Simpsons broke my brain, especially in Apu's voice of just <gasps> the canary. Mm. <laughs> I just anytime there's like a minor signal of some kind of problem going on, like <gasps> the canary. Yeah, oh, and just the whole mob thing of like out of the hole. Uh, yeah. This canary died from natural causes. Back in the hole. Yeah. And coincidentally, uh, the police have a song called "Canary in a Coal Mine." Oh, oh really? There we go. Yeah. You Uh, so that was all your notes, sorry? That is all my notes. Yeah, I've only just got a couple more. Um, apparently this is the first spoken and sung line of Sideshow Mel in the series. 
Oh, yeah, okay. His vocal debut. That that's really interesting because he's already got that very verbose pronunciation in his uh, part of the song. So it's it's interesting that wasn't established yet. So I think that was like, yeah, what part of the joke is that? Yeah, the clown you sidekick with the bone like, in his yeah. head. Oh my god! Yeah, actually has you know the very Shakespearean baritone delivery. Yeah, baritone, whatever it is. Uh, this is another episode with an itchy and scratchy cartoon and. Yeah, these guys turn around of having um, news-relevant stories. God, the Itch mm-hmm. and Scratchy staff must have, like, a schedule like South Park, you know? Keep it current, <laughs> yep, yeah. keep it sharp. Yeah, Oh, and the other note I had is, uh, you know, we often talk about how it's weird how New Simpsons get the Emmy over much more deserving shows. Okay, like, yeah. we talked mm-hmm. about Three Gays of the Condo beating out, I think it was Jurassic Bark. Like, oh. um, this one lost out to a Claymation Easter. Adam, have you ever seen a Claymation Easter? I, is it the same people who made like the claymation Christmas? Because I definitely like watched that when I was a kid. I think so. I, I don't know about the Easter one though. It's yeah, got to be on YouTube. It. It's got to be on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. All right, it's time to rank this thing. Adam, you can go first. And just a reminder of the rating scale: it goes failure, participant, bronze, silver, gold, cubic zirconia for essential episodes. I'm kind of sitting between. I think it's better than Silver, but it's not like one of the best episodes ever. It's a really good episode, but it has its faults. Yeah. It's not a flawless episode. I think it, since I'm kind of in between that, I'm going to go with my gut. and I'm going to say Gold. Is Gold second to top? Mm. Yeah. I think I'm going to say Gold because yeah. there's better episodes than this, but this is like a good episode. This is a good classic episode. We always say go with your guts, yeah. Yeah. BT. Yeah, look, I came uh, last night. I finished it, and I was like, "Yeah, this is this is probably a gold." And then sitting here talking about it, I do really enjoy all the nuance and subtlety that is going into this episode. There's a lot of things that, when I looked over my notes, they're just like these small little quick references that are very blink and you'll miss it gags. Does that push it up into the realm of a cubic zirconia? It does have the problem as well of being very iconic. Mm. So it's always hard to tell when we're ranking. Is that just the rose-colored glasses for the you know the icon of it all? Or is it actually deserving of that highest ranking? Um, so I'm kind of on the gold cubic zirconia border. I think in honor of Sting, I'm going to go with the fields of gold. <laughs> yes. And uh, going to sit on a... It's, I mean, it's an excellent... It's just not quite up into that that god tier. Yeah. It's a t- I, might, I might blurt out something different in a second. I, I'm very kind of split on this. Uh, yeah, this episode, like, I... I can't take off the rose gold guys as it's a cubic for me. That's fair, man. And you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying I'm, to take. I'm glad some. I'm glad someone did because I'm. I'm very split on that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm trying to take personal bias out of this, but and I agree. Like the start is a you know rocky, bumpy start, and there's definitely some obvious improvements to be made. But the way it lands and just the way they explore the whole media circus thing is mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. Yeah, so great. wonderful to me. And then yeah, talking about how it pays off other references, I'm kind of keen to check out um, the Ace in a Hole movie now because of this. And mm-hmm. yeah, but I think averaging out, this will be a shiny gold, and I think that's a wonderful place for this one to sit. Mm-hmm. It will be the one, two, three, fourth episode from season three to get that honor. It'll be joining Burns for Coffin to Craftwork. Dog of Death and Brother, can you spare two dimes? The mm. second Herb episode. Mm. How many? How many like are, are the best of the best? How many God tier or whatever the the cubic zirconium? How many are in that are in that season? For season three, there are seven. Oh dang! Treehouse of Horror two, Lisa's Pony, Flaming mm. Moe's, mm. I Married Marge, Lisa the Greek, the football one, 
Homer alone, the Rancho Relaxo, and one of my now all-time favorites, Homer at the Bat. Oh, God, so yeah. many good Homer ones. Homer at Bat and uh, Lisa's Pony are two of my absolute favorites. Yeah, yeah Flaming, like, Flaming yeah. Moe's is so damn good. Yeah, yeah those, are, those are worthy. But yeah, across the whole run, well, the first eight seasons, we haven't given a unanimous cubic outside of there. There's almost 70 now, so yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> almost 17? Oh. Dang. Oh, 17. 17. Oh, 7D. Oh, okay. Dang, dang, dang. Okay, great. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. basically all of season six and seven are up there. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, that about does it. We've just got a couple more bits of business, including Mm -hmm. the most important question that we're going to ask you today, Adam. More important than the wackiness, the heart, the integrity. BT, take it away. Adam, we'd like to ask our first time guests uh, the question very simply. If you could have a sandwich named after you, what would be on that sandwich? If I'm walking into a deli and I'm ordering the Adam, what am I getting? Oh, man, that's such a great question. <laughs> Does it have to be, like, unique, like it doesn't exist already? No, no, it's just yours. Whatever you want to be associated with your name, if I'm eating the Entertain the Elk. How about, I think this works out, like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's the BLT, there's the BLAT, yep. but how about the table? Mm-hmm. And that's going to be the T-A-B-L-E. Ooh. Ooh. So I'll get bacon, lettuce, tomato, and I'll get some avocado on there. And if I'm really feeling frisky, I'll get an, I'll get an egg thrown on there as well. Ooh. A fried egg. <laughs> About the table. I haven't had breakfast yet, and that sounds amazing. <laughs> I was wondering if the E was going to stand for elk, but I think egg is a much more <laughs> delicious ingredient. <laughs> too gamey. It's too gamey of a meat. <laughs> yep. I have both and have a table No, that that's a wonderful sandwich, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep an eye out in the world now for the table. Yeah, <laughs> the table, yes. Um, Adam, thank you so much for joining us today. This was an absolute treat. It was so much fun. Thank you guys so much for having me. I love, seriously, love Ian Talk Simpsons. I think, honestly, I wonder if you have a lot of guests who are this way and maybe yourselves. I just feel sad sometimes talking about The Simpsons because I loved it yeah. for such a long time. And... Now it's in its when I when you think of The Simpsons and how long it is, it's only been good for about a fourth of its run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's getting less and less. But like those seasons, I mean, seasons one through nine are great, but seasons three through like seven are I still say is the best TV show, is the best TV I've ever seen. It will always be because it's so damn good and because mm-hmm. of the nostalgia that's tied to it. Like you were kind of saying Elliot with that up with this with the radio Bart. Yeah. You yeah. just you you have so much history and memories with it. And so I, it was a blast getting to talk about uh, the Simpsons with you guys. I, I really appreciate you having me on. No, oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's why we go, you know, new old so that, you know, we can be all cynical <laughs> and critical at the start, but then we can yes. remember, you know, TV's warming, glowing, warming mm-hmm. glow, you know? <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's what I found is the wonderful thing about Simpsons fandom is, you know, we're meeting you for the first time today and now we're like old friends. Exactly. Like <laughs> <laughs> so that old Seinfeld bit, you like Cherry Cola? Yeah. I like Cherry Cola. We'll be best friends. <laughs> uh, so Adam, if people want to uh, hear and see more of what you're doing, where can they do that? Yeah, so on YouTube, I have a channel called Entertain the Elk. And I do like video essays that explore TV, film, but other things like paintings and literature. And the first video, uh, Elliot, that mentioned you mentioned earlier, the first one that blew up, it's like my fifth video I ever made, mm. was the the day the Simpsons died. And I have a series of that, and the idea being like exploring these popular series or franchises and the going through the history of it, what made it so great, but then the moment where it faltered and kind of lost its step and started to dip into mediocrity. So I've done that with The Simpsons. I've done it with a lot of other shows, Futurama, Family Guy, Community, The Office. So if you want to see that, go on YouTube. Again, it's Entertain the Elk. 
I also have a podcast that is called Of Mice and Men and Monsters that is about oh. it's it's um, Dungeons and Dragons combined with literature. My wife, who's a high school English teacher, is the dungeon master, and we play through uh, famous stories in literature. Like we've played through Frankenstein oh, and wow. Moby Dick, Count of Monte Cristo, and uh, we're currently in Oliver Twist right now. Oh, wow. So if you want to find that, if you like D&D or literature or comedy podcasts, it's called Of Mice and Men and Monsters. I like both those things, yes. <laughs> yes. Bete's eyes just widened heaps. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I absolutely love your videos and... Um, you know the day the X died, and also yeah the mm. uh, the videos on the X rating and parental advisory yeah. and the VHS horror tapes, all oh, wonderful yeah. essays. Can't recommend them enough. They're just Th- yeah wonderful work you've done. Thank you so much. And it sounds like you're you're wrapping this up. And if I could, because mm-hmm. you mentioned uh, Ben about like you know you f- you feel like you know each other because if you like The Simpsons, and I feel like you've probably yeah. already talked about this. So I'm sorry for your fans, but I just got to know what are some of like your favorite Simpsons episodes of all time for talking Simpsons. I want to know like, what are your, what's your Mount Rushmore or like one or two of mm-hmm. like your favorite episodes that you think are the best ever. Definitely Homer at bat, uh, Lisa, the beauty queen, mm. Lisa's pony. And then there's a few that I haven't seen for a long time. Like I haven't seen uh, last exits to Springfield for a very long time, mm-hmm. but that always gets ranked really highly. So I'm looking forward to covering that one when we do. Uh, those are the ones off the top of my head. Yeah, uh, like we mentioned the casino episode before. That's mm-hmm. definitely an all-timer for me. Um, Lemon of Troy actually uh, was a surprise yes. one, how much I loved that. Yeah, Homer the Great, Stonecutters episode. Oh, oh yeah. my goodness, what else? Mm. Yeah, Rosebud has always stood there as a like oh, yeah. essential Mr. Burns episode. Lisa's Wedding, and that's the other fun thing about this podcast, you know, growing up it was all about Bart and Homer and their wacky hijinks, and I'm like, yep. growing up, oh wait, no, I'm all about them Lisa and Marge episodes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And yeah, Mar- obviously Marge versus the Monorail as well, which we reviewed uh. last week, which is just <laughs> phenomenal. So good, so good. Yeah, Lemon, Lemon of Troy is in, is in mine. It's so good. I wish when they made a Simpsons mm-hmm. movie, they could have made like that into a movie, because I feel like that's ripe for like yeah. a huge epic movie length. I also love Homer the Heretic. When oh, he stops yeah. going to church. I just love that episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, Homer Homer goes to college. I rewatched that one the other day. And <laughs> God, it's so good. I think Conan mm. O'Brien wrote that one. And I think he wrote the yeah, monorail yeah. one too. Yeah, so. God, it was so good. Yeah, Conan's big three, monorail, college, and um, new kid on the block, the Laura Powers episode. Um, that, <laughs> Which one's that? Uh, Laura and Ruth Powers move in next door and Bart has a crush on her. She's oh, like okay. a teenage yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Played mm-hmm. by Darlene from Roseanne. I'm forgetting. Oh, her. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, she goes for like Jimbo or something like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, okay, perfect. Sure sorry, too, sorry to stop down if you were wrapping the episode, but I was no, like, I just want to know where you guys, you, what you guys love. No, absolutely. Yeah, we like talking Simpsons, believe it yeah. or not. Yeah. Even, after, <laughs> even after five years. Exactly. Oh, and Hank. And Hank Scorpio, yeah. Oh, <laughs> how did I forget that? How did I forget you only moved twice? That's a great one. <laughs> and BT, uh, what else are we up to? Well, as flawlessly segued earlier, you can check out everything we're on to at uh, patreon.com slash sidequeststudios. I also don't mean to make that sound like that's the only place you can get our content. We are available on every podcatcher you can think of. Uh, but we also have our series Thrones of Game, where we watch Game of Thrones backwards. That series is actually completed now. So Elliot has now only ever seen Game of Thrones in reverse order. That's true. That's an awesome concept. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. We also have our scripted podcast, Pulp Fury Radio, where we're, I've taken inspiration from pulp genres like horror and noir and mystery. And we've uh, ri- I've written some scripts. We got some actors in to do all that. 
put in the sound effects. I think it's some of our best work. I'm really proud of it all. Uh, we're starting to work on our second season, Quiet Wink. <laughs> as soon as we get out of this lockdown, maybe we can hang out with those actors and start uh, organizing that. But yeah, very proud of that work. If you want something that isn't just people sitting around talking about TV, here's a fi- you know some fiction for you. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think about that about does it. And yeah, just once again, thank you so much for joining us today, Adam. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again, guys. It was a lot of fun. And PT, as always, thank you. <laughs> Limited. I don't know, that's all I had. (laughs) And I've been your host, Elliot J. O'Neill. That's all the mustard in the house! See, that's where I should have yelled limited. That made made more sense. (laughs) The mustard is limited. I'm going to leave. Thank you for listening to The Simpsons Index Podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebook.com slash thesimpsonsindex or at simpsonsindex on Twitter or Instagram. Now, there's no bonus scenes for this episode, so we'll catch you next week. Hey listeners, as mentioned at the start of the show, we normally review three episodes of The Simpsons, one from each decade, but this week we only did two. So, I mentioned before I'd explain what's happening, so here's what's happening. It's hard to believe, but we've actually almost finished reviewing all of the episodes from the classic and teens era of the show, the first 19 seasons. And the plan always was, you know, once we'd done that, then we'd switch the format to reviewing two newer episodes, you know, from season 20 onwards. But I've decided to make the format that change more of a gradual shift so going forward we'll mostly stick to the established format of reviewing three episodes but some weeks it'll only be two it's kind of like bt being here except when he isn't we review three episodes at a time except when we don't so anyway thank you again for listening to the show thanks again to our special guest adam tinius from entertain the elk and now that's all the mustard in the house